This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to the show. What Hello. do we got today, Tommy? Well, today we are going to be looking at something that I guess you've been hearing in the news for a long time, right? Something that you're hearing a lot also with some of the other things that could be going on there. Um, it's a um, basically an Air Force base, right? Known as Honey, uh, known as Hummy Airport or Groom Lake, but your uh, people probably know it by its more commonly referred to name, and that is Area 51. Oh, I was going to say, you, you don't mean Paradise Ranch or oh, Paradise Watertown? Ranch is another one. Or there's, there's several. Well, those are some of the uh, those are some highly classified names that you're giving out I, there. Oh, oh man! So there's a good chance that this podcast might get shut down halfway through <laughs> yeah. when the CIA just suddenly storms our house. That's right, because so, we uh, are that important. Absolutely. Well, I guess there's probably just more conspiracy theory websites out there that probably Which do is, a lot yeah more. but you know it's like you don't like conspiracy theories, and you're the one that suggested this one. I, I don't understand. Did I? You did. You're like, uh, you I, do I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't believe in some of the crazy ones that like Elvis is actually a lizard person. But um, no, this I mean, one's interesting. One. I've ever heard that one. Yeah. This isn't actually a conspiracy theory. I mean, Area 51 is real. They, yes. they don't, it, and that's kind of what we're going to try to do today is prove yeah. the fact that like we're not here to talk about it. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. We are going to talk about aliens. But, but we're also going to talk about the history of Area 51 or at least as much as is known about Area 51. Yeah, and that's one thing. Is, like super top secret. Yeah, we're not saying go there. This isn't. We're not saying storm oh, yeah, Area no, no, 51. No, 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 no. Okay, no. please do not storm it because it is a military installation. There are actually signs posted there that if you do try to storm it or do try to raid Area 51, you, you uh, use of deadly force is authorized. So it's not something we are saying go and do. We're not and, recommend uh, and, it. No, and it, it really is super top secret to this day. Actually, um, it has not been officially acknowledged. It was not officially acknowledged by the United States government until 2013. Yeah, which and was crazy. I remember watching crazy. shows about it where people would like drive up as close as they could. And they'd be like, oh, yep. I want to see if they want. I want to see the government. And they're like, there's nothing here. And like, no, there's yeah, a sign exist. right there that says that this is government property. They're like, yeah, but you have to – they're like, it just doesn't exist. Like they yeah, just never exist. formally acknowledged it. You know, you could see it. You could see the signs. There was people that – government employees that came in and out. A lot of them were flown in, I believe. Yeah. Too. Um, so that's what it is, and we'll get to that. I think, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think, like, I mean, President Barack Obama is the first president ever to acknowledge the existence of this. That that's been in pop culture since the fifties. Yeah. I mean, not aliens, like, just not that aliens. Air Fifty One is real. Oh, yeah, indeed, I should say that it's yeah. basically like I guess we'll get to it, but it's basically it's an Air Force base where they yeah, test and develop experimental aircraft, weapon systems, and things like that. And they've the U.S. acquired a site in uh, nineteen fifty five. And really the main reason why they decided to um, get this site and were using it is when they were um, building the um, Lockheed U-2 aircraft is really yes. why this site was really developed, which was the spy plane from like the U-2 incident, obviously, and everything like that. With yep. Gary Power, that's a, that's a podcast right there. I was going to say, that's, ah, you got that's, that's a podcast right there. I think, I, yeah, let's kind of touch upon that a little bit. So as you mentioned, this is, you know, the 1950s, height of the Cold War. CIA is searching for a designation somewhere in the United States that is so remote that they could actually conduct these uh, experiments in their new aircraft, as you said, right? A spy aircraft, because we don't have satellites in space yet. We have to understand that this is a world where satellites don't exist. So yeah. it's not like we could go and take, you know, satellite pictures or photos of the Soviet Union, but we really want to know the Soviet Union's capabilities. So as a result, the CIA um, together, working together with 
the Air Force designed, as you said, Tom, this U-2 spy plane, which is at the time considered well ahead of its time. And this particular plane was and actually, it was. Uh, right? I mean, it flew um, like ridiculous amounts, like in the air, it was so high that it was unable to be spotted by any form of technology, at least we thought, technology from the ground that could shoot it down. And it also had like 700 pounds worth of um, cameras because the Camera was, equipment, yeah. yeah. There was no guns on this thing. It was just supposed no, to No, it wasn't a bomber. It was no. basically going to fly really high, really fast, take pictures, which it does. It doesn't it take the pictures of that proves the Cuban the missiles in Cuba, Cuban right? Missile yeah. yeah, I mean, it, without the U-2... We yeah, don't absolutely. know about the missiles in Cuba. Like we can't you prove a crazy it. Anyway. Story. I own a crazy story about a U two plane. Um, because of the high altitude in 1955 when they were flying these things, they said that the pilots would often. Um, well, that's also when they came up with the suit idea, so that blood flow because they said the blood would just pull down to their feet. Yeah, the G the G force was so intense. So they had to like create new suits, but they also started experimenting with medications to have better flow of blood for these pilots. And the U-2 plane was how they accidentally uh, discovered Viagra in 1950s. Imagine that. That's an interesting uh, side note there. Off tangent. Yeah, I remember reading that and I was like, okay. what? Oh, my God. Let's, anyway, uh, let's, let's, let's reel it back in a little bit here, Pete. Area 51. All right, all right. I thought it was cool. Um, I mean, not cool. You know, you know what I mean. All right. <laughs> so what essentially happens here, as you mentioned it, they find this area. And this area in the middle of Nevada is actually so large even today it, they say it's almost the size of connecticut that's insane the entire area 51 together with all the other designated areas and because essentially 51 comes from a map designation right around the time 1950s that particular area in nevada was used for nuclear arms testing like that's where T actually, test sites, like, yeah yeah they basically blew up like nukes um, but there was different areas on a map that were area 12 area 13 and that whole complex in Nevada is literally so remote and it's huge. Like I said, it's almost the size they said of Connecticut, but area 51 is the one that's the one that's like super shrouded in mystery. It's about 120 miles Northwest of Las Vegas. It is withdrawn from public use completely in 1958 per public land order 1662. And I think that, you know, we'll get into the whole conspiracy theory, but I think what makes this ultimately so questionable is the secrecy behind it i mean as you kind of briefly mentioned before tom there was really no roads it's like 15 mile perimeter around area 51 there's no roads to area 51 the actual no. workers get flown in they get flown into it you can go there's different places where you can actually see area 51 like you can take pictures there's a place called uh Tikaboo peak which is it's farther away there's other roads that go around it and yeah. near it where you can take pictures. Um, but again, if you try to get too close, you are going to, you, you will actually, vans, tr these Jeeps will drive up to you and ask you what you're doing there and tell you that you're trespassing, you have to leave. And they're U.S. government marked vehicles, but they, don't, they will not say they're U.S. government. They'll yes, simply say, that's, that's weird, right? At least this was prior to 20, um, 2013. No, but that's a I'm weird sure thing. Yeah, they're, they're just white. They're always white trucks and with guys in camo. That's it. But there was also signs posted everywhere that the United States federal government has given permission to shoot on site. So if yes. you like actually like if you break in there, they can kill you and that would be completely lawful and OK, which is crazy. 
So let's go back a little bit. 55, right? Uh, U-2 spy plane is the first plane that's uh, officially being tested at the CSCA site. Um, this high-altitude reconnaissance plane. Afterwards, um, it doesn't stop with the you know with the U-2. Then no, that's just the to, beginning. Yeah, SR-71 Blackbird. And the reason Blackbird. for that one is because the U-2 gets shot down by the Soviets. And they're like, hey, what are you guys doing? So we have to create a, a plane that's faster more stealth again the sr 70 blackbird after think of the x-men movies the x-men yeah, it looks that's, just that's like x-men movies yeah yep. um another thing that why we was kind of considered top secret is because we used a lot of foreign technology in that particular place to, to evaluate it so we actually wound up that stealing too, yeah. yeah we wound up stealing migs from so migs the and they were they were flown there and this gets into that ufo they were testing all these prototype aircraft sr-71 the migs yeah. and stuff like that and they're flying all these things and then people in, in these nearby areas are seeing them they're taking pictures and they say oh this looks like you know no aircraft known yes because it was not a known aircraft at the time yeah it so was. yes you're absolutely right it is a unidentified flying object it doesn't mean there's a guy in mars that wants to you know steal cattle did you read this because i read that Area 51, and particularly the CIA, actually played that idea up. They liked the idea. Well, they liked the idea because the idea was they said, that's great. Let them focus on that, and they're not going to worry about what else we have there. Well, they, exactly. they say, it's, say it's UFOs. It's the same thing now. You're seeing a lot of this UFO stuff now, and we were talking about this a little bit before, Pete. All these, oh, what's on all these UFOs, right? Well, these people you know, have their cell phones out now. They can record them. And it's most likely, you know, government weapons. They're testing out new missile systems. They're testing out new lasers. I heard that, things like that. And these new aircrafts, you know, right? The Space Force and stuff like that. Um, you probably heard of the Half Blue. I'm sure that popped up, right? For years, that yeah. was considered like, let's not talk about it. Remember, this is, these technologies were made in the 60s, the 70s. We don't find out about them until the 80s or 90s. So you can imagine what's being tested now that we're not going to find out for another 10, 15 years when yeah. it's basically obsolete. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they played up the alien. If you want to think it's aliens, they like that idea because they made it better than saying, "Oh no, we have these, you know, these secret aircraft that we're testing to go and, you know, be able to bomb the Russians one day." And that's what I said. So if someone actually saw like the F one seventeen, which is a super, even to this day, that looks so awesome. This plane, it's, it was designed in the seventies for crying out loud. Yeah, so I mean, they were able to look at it. If someone saw it. And they're like, what is that? You're like, yeah, you're right. It's a UFO. Yeah, it's not our, you know, super. It looks like a diamond. It shouldn't be able to fly. Like the S, yeah. the the F one seventeen, which is like, if you look it up, that's the that's the uh, what the Nighthawk is that what it is? I yep. believe. Yep. It's a stealth fighter awesome. that was debuted in the Gulf War. That was a big thing, right? They they used yeah, it in the Gulf War. Yeah, and they had War. it since 1978, and it was debuted yeah, yeah. In, in, 91, debuted in the Gulf like War. And this was like a stealth fighter and stuff that you can't stop it, but it should not be able to fly based on its design. It flies with all the onboard computers and stuff like that, and. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's something so separate, but still cool. It, 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 it's a UFO. It's, it's 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 awesome looking. It's like a cool looking plane, without a doubt. Uh, but it's it's stealth. It's I don't. It, it can do all these things. And so if you just see that flying over the desert, you're gonna be like, well, that's 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 a UFO. What is that? And it is a UFO. It says doesn't mean that there's alien flying. I know conspiracy people be like, well, how did they get the technology to build that and stuff like that? They got it from the U.S. To, from the UFOs. Yeah, and that we should mention that as well, that the reason why we know of the, the Area 51's ability, or rather their job in testing U-2 and the particular other planes we just mentioned, is because in 2013, the CIA actually released the official history of the U-2 project um, and the or, or origin, I guess, or the original years of Area 51. It was ordered to do so 
per the Freedom of Information Act. Information that Act, was, yeah. Yeah, it was submitted in 2005, and the National Archive, Security Archive, had to release it. In 2013, they released it. And that's kind of how we have all these references to Area 51 and Groom Lake, which is uh, you know dried up sort of like next door. Yeah, but even the CIA started calling it Area 51 after they realized in the um, in those documents that the CIA was even calling it Area 51 later on. Yep. But that's how we know that, like, okay, so they test... Like, we know, we for a fact know that this is and was a testing site for experimental airplanes. Aircraft, yeah, that's basically what it was, yeah. And then there's an interesting thing with... Did you see the thing about the environmental lawsuit? I saw there was environment... There was a lawsuit, um, a couple, but the big one was in uh, 95. We had five unnamed civilians. They basically uh, came in and sued, and you you have other ones since then. Yeah, they said that basically that... um, these workers, these contractors were present when large like, quantities of some unknown chemicals were burned in open pits and trenches um, sure. at Area 51. But what's really interesting here, and the reason I'm even mentioning it, is because while Area 51, a.k.a. the government, basically gets sued, the U.S. District Judge um, disallows the disclosure of class- classified documents that will in any way, shape, or form expose classified information that could threaten national security. And then President Bill Clinton issues what is known as this like presidential determination uh, that exempts the Air Force operating location near Groom Lake, Nevada, which is Area 51, from any future environmental disclosure laws. And every president since then like signs off of that, exempts Air Force um, Area 51 from any form of environmental disclosure laws, which is an ongoing thing. Basically, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Exactly. They don't have to report cannot, it. They don't have to yeah, report can, it. Or you can't sue them. You just, they, they could do whatever they want. Like, which is, I thought that was kind of crazy. Well, again, because it's the idea of it's, it's protecting the nation, right? So it's yeah. that whole idea of you know, public safety versus individual rights. We're keeping the public safe. So therefore, your rights, some of your rights are not going to exist here because yeah. this is in the interest of the greater good. That's the argument. It can be debated. That's just the argument. Yep. So I think we need to, like, before we kind of get into talking about some of the potential um, alien aspects of it, I think we need to kind of backtrack a little bit to 1947 New Mexico, and that is the Roswell incident. Roswell incident, you're like, <laughs> no, I mean, I know you don't believe that stuff, but the Roswell incident in itself, I mean, that could be a podcast in itself. It refers yeah. to uh, 1947, there's a crash, what is considered Mexico, now- right? Yes, and then now, then now they think this is this was a United States Army Air Force balloon. Well, um, that's with the, that's a tricky thing with the whole area with, with area with the Roswell, Roswell crash. Is that first Roswell? Is that first? That's not the government's position. Yeah, and that's what really creates a lot of this conspiracy theory. Is that originally they say no, it was a unknown aircraft, right? A saucer that shaped saucer aircraft. saucer shaped yep. that crashed, and there's a lot of other. Um, there's a famous like picture, right? It says captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell. Yeah, that was the first Roswell picture of Roswell like Daily that. Record. Yeah, then later on, yeah, and they even talk about that. Then um, that could have been bodies or whatever. People, eyewitnesses said they saw bodies and stuff like that. Place and yeah, then so it, this, it changes this the arm. The army later changes on on saying it was a uh, part of weather a balloon. Um, weather balloon from Project Mogul, right? Uh, that yep. went up that the bodies were actually test dummies being dropped from high altitude to test these different things. But they so, didn't say that until 94. 
So this is, you know, in 47 when basically something crash lands, right, in Roswell, New Mexico. Something something crashed, without a doubt, yeah. Absolutely. We we know that. That's a, And the army thing. came in, the army took it, yeah. Yeah, so this happened on some guy's ranch. He drives over there, and he sees this thing, and he's like, what the heck is this? So he contacts the sheriff. The sheriff contacts the uh, somebody else. The army gets involved, and the army gets there, and the first army investigator says he's the one that actually breaks the news that – there's some kind of flying saucer that that cr- that crashed on this ranch. That goes in the newspapers the next day. Then the U.S. military comes in and right away takes all of the uh, remains of this crash site. It all disappears. And then the next, the following day, the newspapers say, "Oh, never mind. It was just a conventional weather balloon." Um, but that, yeah, because you mentioned that starts the whole conspiracy theory aspect. And then in '94, so. First of all, I mean, this goes on from 47. No one believes it. Everyone thinks that we did indeed um, steal this alien technology. It, there was aliens in Roswell, and they're now being held at the most secret of secret you know, military locations in the United States. And that's how we get to Area 51. The belief is that it is in Area 51 where the United States government is reverse engineering what was found in Roswell. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast, Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title. In that book and in this podcast, I go all the way back to 1939 when Lee Harvey Oswald was born into a troubled and dysfunctional family. I'll follow his transient and often violent teenage years and young adulthood, painting a fuller picture of the man who would later become Kennedy's killer. I also take a look at events unfolding in that era like Cuba and Vietnam, And I'll unpack the conspiracy theories, too, not one of which has ever been conclusively proven. Subscribe to Countdown to Dallas at evergreenpodcasts.com or your favorite listening app, October 31st. Uh, One of the many things possibly going on there, yeah. Yes, potentially, right? So the Roswell incident, I mean, obviously Roswell, New Mexico, totally like plays this up today. I mean, you go there, McDonald's is shaped like a saucer. Like they, Oh yeah. And even, even by area 51, right. They go there is actually um, on something called extraterrestrial highway. Yep. Towards area 51. You go by New Mexico, by Roswell, New Mexico. They have all of, uh, they're like a museum, I believe that just says, yeah. Oh, this is what happened here. And you have like, you know, uh, like bodies. Yeah. D- yeah. yeah alien bodies and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just, that's just what they have. They're going to play up. It's a tourist attraction because there's nothing else there. Yeah. So they're saying a lot of it the did, myths um, get kind of recreated with that, but it did uh, like what the guy did say, the guy that was first one on the scene, he said there was a metal there that was as thin as like, your, yeah. like foil almost like you would put food in, but he said it was super strong. Um, you know, these you could bang it, you could do whatever to it, and it would always just go back to its original. To its original, yeah. You could crumple it, but then it would just pop back to its original. Yeah, and it would pop again. back up. Yeah, and they're like, "Wow, what is this?" And that was one of the first things. And again, no one's ever seen these green little green men, although they weren't supposed to be green; they were supposed to be gray, I think. Uh, but they said the aliens. Yeah, these were these gray, were the grays, yes. Not and they were like four foot tall or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean. I guess before we go back to Area 51 and, and some of the claims by Bob Lazar, I think that this is a discussion I, I actually had with my students, believe it or not, like earlier this week, because 
we were talking about, they asked me like, Mr. G, do you think there's aliens? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really think about that stuff. But at the same time, when you consider how tiny earth is in the grand scheme of things, like of this galaxy and the fact that there's so many more galaxies besides ours. And if life could happen here, like yeah. why can't life happen? Somewhere that, that's else, just right? using, that's using logic. But then they yeah. say that aliens and I'm not, you know, if people want to believe them, they want to believe but that aliens come here. Oh, no, that's to different. Earth, they visit Earth, and then what do they do when they visit Earth? They like to go visit people in the middle of these fields and capture them or capture your livestock. Yeah, no, like, like no Mars attacks. And again, no, maybe no, no. maybe they have their reasons. Maybe they have their reasons. I don't know. Yeah, um, but but logically but, speaking, right? I mean, I would find it very difficult to believe that we are the only. And again, I didn't think about this until like this week when I was having a conversation mm-hmm. with my students. So. There's there's so many galaxies, and if we can do it, all right. I mean, but also what's interesting is every single sci-fi movie or book they always assume that their technology is better than ours. Than ours, yeah. We we might be the ones with the best technology. Exactly. But then that brings us back to this idea in Roswell because it's like, well, what's the basis of us having this belief that their technology is better? Maybe because we somehow know that it is, and that's when you get into these conspiracies. Oh, I know. Yeah, we know that's better. Not bad. So, all right. So let's talk about Area 51, um, apart from like what we know for a fact and like what we think. Well, they know there's some alien technologies, right? We, they also know that it's also a place where they're supposed to be developing energy weapons, um, still working on SDI, right? The Strategic Defense Initiative. Yeah. Um, they're saying that they develop um, – this is well. other countries have said this too, that we develop weather control weapons. Yep. That can make it rain, make typhoons, make hurricanes and stuff like that. And we have that at Air 51. Um, that we're working on uh, time travel and teleportation technology. That was something also that I think Bob Lazar, we'll get to him in this minute, I guess, talks about. Right? Or That goes back all the way to like, the 1940s, right? With, like the Philadelphia experiment. Yep. Um, propul- new propulsion systems. The idea of like, it's, these are all activities related to a shadow government known as the Majestic 12 organization, which is another whole big group of information, right? Um but yeah, but it, it all basically comes on all these different things that could be at Area 51. That these are all basically anything that technology-wise, cutting edge, new sci-fi stuff, right? All that stuff is made at Area 51. Area 51 just becomes that that caveat for it, you know? Yep. And and again, it's still so shrouded in mystery. Uh, a lot of former employees are that were sworn to secrecy are now starting to actually kind of open up a little bit about you know yeah. working there, but. What one thing is kind of consistent throughout is that all the employees that work there that do talk about it today were paid in cash. So there's really no official documentation stated that they worked at Area 51. Um, and they also all confirmed that they never saw any form of alien activity whatsoever. But they did talk about one particular guy talked about um, just how secret secret of Area 51 was. James Nose Nosey Nose. Um, he actually recalled handling various accidents that were uh, exposed to the public eye. So one example was there was a crash of a secret aircraft that was witnessed by a police officer and like a vacation family in Nevada. So the family took photos of this crash of this experimental aircraft. And this particular um, you know, soldier confiscated the film for the camera and basically threatened the family and the deputy not to mention the crash to anyone. Like, it's like, yeah, nope, you never saw this. This never happened. Again, it's, um, it's for, you know, authorized eyes only, regardless yeah. if it's aliens or not. This is top secret, national security, 
in items and they don't want anyone being aware of them. But some people have come out. He said, like, and I guess we guess we can get into Bob Lazar now. Yeah, let's get into Bob Lazar. He basically Lazar. claimed in eighty in nineteen eighty nine that he worked at Area fifty one in a uh, park called S four Section four, and it was right by the um, the lake. Yep. And he claimed he was basically contracted to work with um, alien spacecraft to try to um, reverse engineer alien spacecraft that the U.S. Yeah, government a, so he's a physicist. had his possession. And he came on like TV and radio and just started well, talking initially, about it. Though, like initially when he came on TV, you guys could watch this on YouTube. They kind of put like, – they cover his face. He's like in the yeah. darkness and they alter his voice a little bit and you know because this he feels like he might be threatened if he actually exposes this. But this is a story that kind of breaks – in that, yes, I worked in Area 51, and yes, I worked in alien technology. I was trying to reverse engineer, and he goes into this whole thing. And the TV channel that's actually doing this, the, the interview with him, they, I mean, they believe him. They flat out – it was a KLAS, and it was a reporter by the name of George Knapp. Uh, he's the one who interviews Bob Lazar. And the, you know this kind of generates a lot of public interest in, in the base again like 89 people are like whoa wait aliens roswell what's going on in area 51 um and that also is what prompts the u.s air force in 94 within five years to kind of come out and say all right the wreckage recovered in roswell yes it was a cover-up in 1947 it was not necessarily just a regular weather balloon um, however, it was part of, like you said earlier, this top secret classified project called Project Mogul. And it was a balloon, but it had sensors and radar reflectors on it. And, you know, it was a cover up, but not what you think. Not, like, not an alien cover up. Yeah. Like, not that it makes anything yeah. better. Like, yeah, we lied to you, but like, you know. And to be fair, Lazar has been, a lot of skeptics don't believe him. Um, he was actually uh, convicted of some crimes. Yep. Also, in the 90s and 2006, he owns a company now that basically sells chemicals and nuclear materials, um, but uh, legal ones. A lot of things nice. in legal work with that. But um, yeah, know. but you he could, you could do that. <laughs> yeah, it was various materials and chemicals and stuff like that. He owns and operates the United Nuclear Scientific Equipment Supply Store. I mean, I know he was arrested for something that deals with like a prostitution ring or something. Yeah, but the, he, then he was, it was, uh, I didn't want to mention it on the podcast, but okay, Pete, go for it. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> sorry. It, 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 to be fair, it did get reduced to um, pan, uh, pandering instead, to which he yeah. played guilty for. So, but um, right. if the government really wanted to get rid of him, they would have got rid of him. Yeah. But um, yeah, but when he comes out, he talks about a whole bunch of these things and he says that basically aliens were involved in earth activities for the past 10,000 years. So the people who really, you know, like that sort of thing to him, he's a hero. Then there's skeptics and there are people who are just like, you know, he's, he probably worked there. He probably knows something that I, whether it was, well, well, this is the crazy he, he says he never saw aliens. It was more of, yes. he, he saw, right. He saw documents that talked about him and he saw like the aircraft. Interesting that he did talk about is that it ran off of a, um, antimatter powered by something called element 115. Yes, I do remember. And that actually is a real element that wasn't synthesized until um, 2003. Oh. Moscovinium. It's a synthetic element, uh, atomic number 115. But he talks about this in the 80s, in the 80s. And now it it doesn't actually exist until 2003. So they're kind of like, oh, I don't know if that gives proof or what. But it's an interesting little well, tidbit there. at the same time, because apparently his, his whole story is that the government has tried to and successfully actually erased his past. Like the government has erased his past so that is to make him less credible. And he believed, you know, he said he went and got a master's degree uh, from MIT in physics. And 
uh, that he also got another master's degree at Caltech and that he was hired by the Los Alamos uh, physics facility and the national laboratory. And basically there's no evidence of him doing any of that, which is why people are like, yeah, dude, you didn't do it. There's like, you're not, you don't exist. But he claims that the government actually went back and erased his existence period. So like, because there really is no, we don't know much about, actually we don't know anything about him proven wise except what he's saying and how he was scouted to really work in area 51 and how he was hired for it. And his big thing is that the government basically erased his existence. Like he doesn't exist. Like he said before they were paying cash. So it's hard to get. Yeah. And then one other person, uh, a few actually other people said that they didn't know when he was working at area 51. However, his description of area 51, like geography, like where the buildings were and blah, blah, blah. And all the like, different aspects that someone that would work there would know um were spot on so some people that did work and everyone like yeah no like like i never knew him when he was there but like he's talking about area 51 as if he really he definitely i would say he probably did some sort of work for the government at some facility yeah i mean again it's kind of i don't know i don't know I guess I I believe it but there's a there's a netflix documentary on him like he's i'm sure it's it's fairly recent and uh, that's what he's kind of talking about, how this like ruined his life and how the government kind of went after him and all that good stuff. But he's the one that connects all this. He's the one that flat out finally brings it up in in late 80s that he kind of connects the whole idea of Roswell and Area 51. Like, hey, Area 51, that's when they have the aliens. That's when they reverse technology and all that stuff. And obviously, you know, that catches on because think of like pop culture. I mean... I mean, I just can't. I can't not think of 1996 uh, Independence Day, where at well, one yeah, point you have thing. the president like Area 51 is not real, and then the one guy behind him standing there is like, "Well, yeah, it's like, well, yeah." Again, <laughs> when the president. Well, that reminds me. I remember seeing this article about um in 2016 when Hillary Clinton was running for president. She was on, I guess, one of those talk shows like Jimmy Kimmel, or whatever, and um she said that she'd like to uh, look at the. He asked her about Area 51 going public. And she said she'd like to, um, you know, release those files and make as much of that po- uh, public as possible. You know, if there's nothing there, let the people know there's nothing there. And then she actually talked about that her husband, when he was president, Bill Clinton, looked for information of government knowledge of extraterrestrials um, and Area 51, and that he came up with nothing. He couldn't find anything. Again, she could just be saying that. She did in that same, like uh, in that same interview, she did say though that, however, if there was any for anything that would be detrimental to national security yeah national she would security, release it she would yeah. not release it so hey um we are hearing more and more presidents or i guess government officials talking about this stuff much more open really because i feel like it's hard to hide now there's yeah. so many people with like high resolution cameras you know and things like that and camping out around there you know obviously they had the um what was that thing a couple of years ago the storm storm area 51 movement right oh yeah well let's let's talk about that um which was not not a good idea no, 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 no. I guess it was a joke more than anything else, but people actually were, they had like concerts and stuff, didn't they? Like around there? They, no, they did. That's, it, this became yeah. like a, and it, essentially it started in June, 2019. So not that long ago, uh, is this 21 year old college student, Maddie Roberts, he decides to create a Facebook event, right? And he calls it storm area 51. And like the tagline is they can't stop all of us. And he basically creates, gets a date and says, this is going to take place on September 20th of 2019. And he didn't really think anyone was going to do anything with this event. Like he, he was like a joke. He basically said it was like a joke, 
But then within a couple of days, you have 2 million Facebook users that chime in and they're like, say they're going to do it. They yeah. click confirm. Yeah. Like we're, we're coming. Um, and then in Air Force, this actually becomes news. And the Air Force is like, um, yeah, no, let's the, the, don't do that. This is a top secret military base. You cannot do that. But despite the warning, around like 1,500 people um, basically packed their campers and they headed into Nevada desert to uh, have this alien-centric festival. Yeah, about, they said 150 actually went to the base. They actually, tried to to base. we went to the base itself at two entrances leading up to it. They didn't get anywhere really close, but leading up to it. And um, none were successful in entering. But it's pretty much, Someone I guess, once shot. you get up there and, and you see the guards with like M16s, you're going to be like, all right, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to do like this. I feel like someone got shot. Did they? Didn't I didn't see anything about that. They might have. They could have. I didn't see that. But uh, they, basically, they knew if they were going to get shot, if they even tried it, they would be and yeah. tried for trespassing if they didn't leave at that moment. And, you know, they were just like, you know, we're just going to go back and listen to the, the music about UFOs instead of trying to find one inside Air 51 because it's just 150 people are not going to be able to storm the gates. Yeah. It's not no, going to happen. I wouldn't think so. No. Uh, what do you got? Area 51. I mean, obviously, pop culture is huge in Area 51. Well, yeah, it's in movies. It's video games, right? Basically, anytime they want to do something unexplained, new technologies, let's just throw in Area I mean, 51. The X-Files, the X-Files, I feel like the X-Files, X-Files is what made that. Area 51. Well, I do remember. I know you talked about uh, Independence Day before, Pete. And I remember you know, that was one of my favorite movies when I was, like, when I was younger yeah. and watching all these things. And they said like with at first when they were writing the movie, they wanted the U.S. Um, military to really help them with it, you know, and they, and they were all on board. They were giving all this stuff, and they said, listen, we'll help you. We'll, we'll even give you planes, like the Hornets and stuff like that, to lease them out to you, but you just have to remove all talking about Area 51. And the director, the guy was like, really? Like, that's kind of, kind of central to the plot. And they're like, if yeah. you remove Area you can call it something else. Just don't call Area 51. And they're like, eh, no. And they call it, so that was kind of weird. Like, why did they, were they so insistent? That's kind of on, like, weird, if right? they, you have to, If they call it Air 52, they would have been fine. Because they're calling it 51. <laughs> they're like, you can't have that in there. And he's just like, it was very strange. And I always said that was kind of weird, too. Like, why was the government, like, don't talk about it? Obviously, they were denying it existed. This was in, like, yeah. what, like, 96, probably 97, yeah, yeah. that movie? No, 96, 96. You just reminded me of something, though. When, when, I, when I was in Poland, I lived in Poland. Uh, we didn't, you know, have money for all the real things. So... A lot of our clothes were like the fake things. It was instead of Adidas, uh, like Adidas, it was Adidas, and it was four stripes instead of instead of three stripes. And I remember like so you had like an Area Fifty, you had like an Area Fifty Three, Fifty Two. That's what when you said that, it made me think of that. <laughs> like I remember like having like real Adidas stuff, and and like one of my neighbors in Poland like saying, "Oh, that's not real. That's fake. It's only got three stripes, and it says Adidas and not Adidas." And I'm like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> Those are the days, Tom. All right. Um, Way back back one. So I don't know if you know this, but Pentagon revealed in 2017 that basically between 2007 and 2012, uh, Nevada Senator Harry Reid kind of got the Department of Defense program to investigate the reports of flying saucers. Like this guy is – this is a senator from Nevada, and he's like, I want to know – like, you know, this is the idea of federalism, like state power versus federal power. But he's like – I, I need to know. Like, I, I need to know if there's really UFOs or if there's anything crazy here. Um, needless to say, uh, nothing came out of it. So even like even the states and the senators, like they, the state power, cannot confront the federal 
government on this, which is kind of interesting. No, because it's a black op project. It's it's yeah. it's not going to be. You're not going to find any memos of it when it actually says, you know, this is how much money they're getting. Um, I believe you can view it on Google Earth, right? I believe you can. I um, think you can. Well, yeah, kind of just shows like small runways and stuff like yeah. that. Well, actually, no, they're yeah. not that small. The biggest runway is like over two miles, like two and a half miles is the longest runway. There, that's that's one of the weird things to, as well. And the, they show that it's expanding. So we're able to kind yeah, of... Yeah, that's getting bigger. Yeah. They're showing that there's New more buildings. buildings. There's more things happening. Like they're, like the Area 51 is not done in that sense. Oh, no, it's still totally active. Yeah, they, yeah, wouldn't yeah. Be trying to, they wouldn't be protecting with deadly force if it wasn't. Um, Joe Rogan, who you like, um, I mean, I like Joe Rogan too, actually. Yeah, you can't not like Joe Rogan. You can't, I was going to say, you can't really not like Joe Rogan. Uh, great podcast. So he actually had, um, in 2018 or 19, he had Lazar, Bob Lazar on his yeah. podcast. And that's kind of like what restarted. I think it was 2019. Yeah, all the Roswell. Yeah. They're like, rebirth. wait, what? Yeah. Oh, very 51. But... I mean, I don't really have anything else per se. Do you have anything? I think we kind of covered. No, I mean it's an interesting topic. Um, like I said, I think hopefully we narrow it down to this. It does exist. The government did come out and say finally it did exist because for the longest time they didn't. It's basically they we know it's used for experimental aircraft, experimental weaponry. Um, are the little green men there? You know, until someone comes out and actually says, "Look, you know, here's a little green guy that I got from there." Who knows? Yeah. Uh, there's no, I guess there's no way to prove it or disprove it if you, you're going to believe what you want either way until there's some sort of definite proof. Um, yeah, but I think it's an interesting story, even without all that. The fact no, that this I is agree. a place where, you know, they're building basically Star Wars technology in this place, yeah. you know? And I also think it's – so that's one reason why I think it's amazing. And another reason I think it's amazing is because in this world that we live in today, that you could still keep an area of that size – top secret to me is commendable you know what i mean like like you how do you how do you do that how do you keep an area of such a vast large area i just don't get it and not have it seen anywhere with today's technology and today's access to all that stuff i again it's you have to almost like give them well, again they're not keeping it a secret they're just keeping a secret what's going on there yeah i know but it's still neat that they're able to do that in today's world you know nothing is secret in today's world i don't know it's crazy. Area 51 is secret. Yes, yes. It almost reminds me of when I, I went to Fort Knox um, <laughs> a couple of years ago with my kids. Did I tell you that story? We're driving in and yeah, they, they checked our security and stuff. Yeah, yeah they, the guy's like, uh, don't take pictures of anything because we have snipers on the roof. And then my son got so freaked out. He was like, oh, okay. And he put his phone away. I'm like, I don't think he's serious. And then the guy's like, no, I am. And I was like, oh, I think he is, Luke. Okay. <laughs> They did that too when I was at um, Pearl Harbor. They were actually doing um, parts of it. Yeah, I mean, Pearl Harbor is still a military base. Yeah. And they said, you can't take pictures of this part, this part. And they were actually, um, when we were there, there were actually fighter planes flying around. They were doing um, war games with Australia, Japan, and a couple uh, other countries. It was kind of cool. They're like, don't take pictures and stuff like that of, of what's cool. going on. It was like, oh, all right, I okay. guess. I don't, I don't but, want to get shot. But obviously, you know, if you want, don't take pictures either. If you're getting yeah. too close, no, you can't no, get, no. you can't even get that close. close. No, how close we were to Fort Knox. Yeah. Just don't go here on, on a road trip with your kids, Pete, because that's, yeah, that's not going to be fun. I know. I probably shouldn't. Let's, All right. Let's well, from there. <laughs> I guess that kind of sums up and uh, brings our episode on area 51 to a close. 
So as always, thank you everyone for tuning in every week. We appreciate it. If you ever need us for any way, shape or form, or have a suggestion to make, please feel free to visit us um, at our website, which is historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. And that's pretty much it for this week. So enjoy everyone and we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.